Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Living an Unwasteful Life. I'm Keen Southern. Like many children, my favorite holiday was Christmas. And this was followed by my birthday in a close second place. And also like many children, this ranking was the result of one criterion that outweighed all the others. Namely, the amount of presents I received. Christmas Eve night was always the most difficult for me to fall asleep because I was thinking of all the toys and games that would be under the tree the next morning. I was too excited thinking about all the fun and enjoyment I would have with these things, and I loved the surprise of tearing off wrapping paper and discovering what new thing was inside. But as I grew older, my feelings about receiving all these gifts started to change. You know, I realized that only a few of the gifts I received did I really love and use a lot and gain enjoyment out of, while most of the gifts ended up in a closet or in the basement after being used maybe once, maybe a handful of times, or sometimes not at all. And I really started feeling bad that someone who loved me had spent time picking out this item, especially for me, and that they had paid money for it, all for me just to ignore it. And not only that, but I realized this thing had been created by someone else, often with intricately fashioned parts and the result of a lot of thought and energy for the purpose of being used, enjoyed, and loved by someone. But I had both rejected this thing, yet still kept it so that no one else could enjoy and use it. I really began to feel guilty for my part in wasting this object, and my guilt was magnified by the fact that the majority of the gifts I received met this exact same fate. Toy Story, the animated Pixar film about toys who come to life whenever they are out of view of humans and who desire to be loved and played with while worrying about being discarded, lost, or ignored, came out around this time too, and it really affected me deeply. I mean, I could almost sense my own toys having the same desires and worries as Woody and Buzz did. So, after all of this, my excitement about Christmas and other gift-giving holidays was really diminished, and I was, became visibly unenthusiastic when I received a gift that I knew I didn't like and didn't want to use. I also made an effort to try to use all the gifts that I had previously ignored in order to give some justification and meaning to their existence. And this, of course, only happened if they were still in my possession, that is, as many were disposed of and somehow by my parents without my knowledge. This did help me feel a little better, and I was even able to get some unexpected enjoyment out of such objects. But the biggest problem was the sheer number of uh, these items. I just didn't have enough time to devote to giving to all these things the attention and the use that I knew they deserved. And so, as a result of all this, I noticed how much waste I was creating in other aspects of my life as well, like uneaten food that ended up in the trash, or water going straight from the faucet down the drain, and time that I was mindlessly spending doing things that weren't important or meaningful to me. How could I not only solve this problem of wasted gifts, I thought about, 
but also the problem of waste in every aspect of my life, from possessions and material resources to food, water and money, energy and time, and even in life itself. I also started noticing waste all over the place, beyond just my own personal realm too, you know, from seeing recyclable plastic bottles in public trash cans and perfectly good food tossed into dumpsters, to people whose lives had been lost or disabled from chronic disease, and homeless people starving and ignored on the street. So my concern grew from being just personal to understanding the problems of wasting on a societal and global level. And after years thinking about how to reduce waste in all these areas, I want to help inspire others to live an unwasteful life and to collectively create an unwasteful world. And that is why I've started this podcast. So this um, Living an Unwasteful Life podcast is focused on giving you practical ways to reduce waste in all aspects of your life while focusing on those changes that have the biggest impact, along with understanding how our personal choices impact our amount of waste, both directly and indirectly. And so for each episode, we'll be interviewing waste-reducing experts from all different aspects of life in order to understand the problems excessive waste causes and what we can do to tackle them. Now, I must admit that when it comes to living an unwasteful life, I am definitely not perfect. And I don't pretend to be either. I mean, it's nearly impossible to cut your physical waste down to zero. But any steps you can take to reduce waste will mean you'll feel the differences in your own life. And many people taking tiny steps like this can lead to large changes on a societal level. The practical ways of cutting down on waste in this podcast will lead you to a more meaningful and satisfying life. And at the same time, you'll be doing a large part in helping to solve some of the world's most pressing global problems, such as climate change, pollution, poverty, and hunger. So we're going to dive into all different aspects of waste, the problems waste causes and why we should reduce it and how in further episodes where I'll interview experts on these subjects. But right now, I, I just first want to touch on a few um, things before then. So what exactly do I mean when I talk about waste? Well, the way I define it is waste is when the value of something is lost needlessly. It simply, it simply doesn't have to happen, but it happens anyway. We lose that value. And it may be from greed, taking more than you need or going to use, or from carelessness, or thinking about short-term benefits at the expense of long-term benefits. And before we can take control of and reduce our wasting, we have to be aware of it in the first place, and perhaps even experience a little bit of guilt or sadness from it. You know, the, the Japanese have a beautiful term called motainai, which conveys a sense of regret when something is wasted. So it roughly translates in English to saying, what a waste. And when I discovered this term, I realized I finally had a word that encapsulated what I felt going back all the way to the Christmas gifts I received when I was a kid. So 
A baby probably doesn't have the ability to feel motanai because a baby doesn't have the ability to understand cause and effect in hypothetical situations. But for many people, I think they fail to feel motanai and thus have no desire to reduce their waste because they are either ignorant or often even willfully ignorant of how the things they use were created and what can and will happen to those things in the future. And it's erasing this ignorance and understanding the larger picture of the life of the things we use and interact with, which is key to understanding how much we are wasting and how to reduce such waste. Now, it's easy to see the direct fact effects of our actions when it comes to waste. Like if, if we toss out food that has gone rotten, we throw away a plastic bottle because there's no recycling bins around, or we take a longer shower than we need to. With all these wasteful actions, we literally see what is being wasted, the food, the plastic bottle, and the water. This, if we are aware of it, can easily give us that uncomfortable feeling of motanai, especially if we know what the fate of that thing will be, like food or plastic rotting away in a landfill, as opposed to what it could be, like providing sustenance and promoting health in the case of the food, or recycled and reused into something else in the case of the plastic. But what's harder to see and thus feel motanifron are the indirect effects and waste created from our actions. And to truly make the biggest impact on reducing waste, we have to understand the big picture, the complete life cycle of the things we consume. When material things are wasted, not only the thing itself, but all that went into creating it and bringing it to you, like the energy, the thought, the money, the transportation, and the natural resources, all those things have been used to no purpose and are also wasted. Not only does this mean all these things have been denied being put towards a good purpose, one that might be helpful, appreciated, and enjoyed by others, but in many cases the earth has become a little bit more polluted and finite resources just a little bit more depleted as well. Even further, when they are discarded, they still have to be dealt with. They just, they just don't simply disappear into thin air as much as we'd like to believe that. And when billions of people around the world do this, it can really cause problems. When we throw something away, we rarely think about where away actually is. But as the law of conservation of matter reminds us, that matter is neither created nor destroyed. And all those thrown away things must go somewhere. And many of them still could be useful and need not be wasted. And so there are lots of um, statistics concerning the problems that waste causes that I could talk about and mention here. But for now, I just want to mention one particularly striking, almost unbelievable one. And that's that if all 7.6 billion people in the world lived and consumed like the average American, we would need 4.1 Earth's worth of land and resources. And if we all lived like the average citizen of the United Arab Emirates, we would need even more, 5.4 Earth's. And if we all lived like the French, it would take 2.5 Earths, 1.9 Earths for if we all lived like the Nepalese, 1.4 
if we lived like Costa Ricans, 1.1 to live like the average Chinese, and less than one if we all lived like Ugandans, Indians, or Bangladeshis. Now, am I suggesting that we should live in poverty like so many Bangladeshis unfortunately do? No, of course not. But it does mean that we should use our affluence as an opportunity to reduce the amount of resources we use and stop wasting them, so all people on Earth can have enough and what they need. So um, after thinking about this for years and years, I've come up with some guidelines for how you can start thinking about reducing waste in your life. Um, and these guidelines can be applied to nearly every aspect of our lives. And so I call them the five principles of unwastefulness. Um, so number one is this, making something useful last longer or getting something that will last longer. So for example, repairing a broken phone instead of buying a new one or taking good care and regular maintenance of a car so it will last longer or buying a well-made shirt that is designed to last 30 years, or exercising and eating nutritious food to stay healthy and prevent disease and premature death. Number two is better efficiency, doing the same or more with less. So for example, this could be eating less calories but more nutritious food, living in a smaller house, having five pairs of shoes instead of 20, or driving a more fuel-efficient car. Number three is not acquiring something you don't want or value in the first place. So for example, it could be not accepting more food on your plate when you know you were already full, or making a gift registry so you receive gifts you know you will value, or it could be using contraception and family planning to avoid unintended pregnancies. Now this uh, not acquiring something you don't want is always a less wasteful choice than acquiring something and having to try to repurpose it or give it away, um, as it's usually much easier to do this. And with material things, not using and having something means that someone else can use it. And collectively, on a large scale, this reduces the demand for those things, thus reducing supply and the resources that go to create them. Number four is reusing or saving something unwanted that would otherwise be wasted. So for example, this could be going dumpster diving or reusing plastic bags or disposable eating utensils or collecting and using rainwater, or even adopting a child or a pet. And the last one, number five, is a little different from the others. It's uh, the 80-20 rule, which is also known as the Pareto Principle. Um, this principle is a general one in the world that states that in general about 80% of the effects come from 20% of the causes. So if we apply that to waste, it shows us that approximately 80% of our waste comes from only 20% of our actions. So, for example, if you take a person's possessions in their home, odds are that 80% of their time spent using them is with 
only 20% of the possessions. And conversely, they use the other 80% of things only 20% of the time. Another example would be that roughly 80% of premature deaths are the result of only 20% of the causes. So what this principle shows us is that we don't have to change our whole lives to make a meaningful and impactful reduction in waste, but we can reduce the majority of our waste by making just a few changes in our choices and behaviors and focusing on those that will make the biggest impact. So as we close this first episode, I want you to take some time as you go about your day today just to think about these five principles and think about where they might be applied in your daily life. So you can think, for example, you know, what things are in, in my house could I extend the useful life of somehow? Or what's an easy change I can make that would be doing the same or more with less? Or what things do I acquire out of habit but that I don't really need? What can I reuse or repurpose that I usually throw away? And what are the 20% of things in my home that I use all the time? And what are the 80% that I rarely use? By just thinking about these things, you will be taking the first step down the road to living an unwasteful life. And so I thank you so much for listening, and um, I hope you will stay tuned for the next episode. And until next time, I'm Keen Southard, and I wish you an unwasteful life.